Good morning, everyone. Good to celebrate Mass with you here on the 24th, or the fourth Sunday of Advent. Uh, I will be giving a uh, much shorter homily today at the invitation of Father Les, since we'll be having Mass this evening and tomorrow, etc. Uh, so it'll be a one-minute homily, so you have to pay special attention. And then I will also make some comments during the Mass to help us live the Mass better. Every once in a while, it's good to refresh the meaning of what we're doing. So the first symbol that I wanted to quickly explain is the kiss of the altar of the priest at the beginning of the Mass. The priest kisses on behalf of all of us. First, the place where the sacrifice will happen, where Jesus will come down. Also, the altar being a symbol of Christ, the stone that was rejected, that has become the cornerstone around which everything else is built. We reverence that. And it's also the whole liturgy, the whole worship, the whole act of human beings coming before God is in a sense a gesture of love, of trust, of coming close to God and receiving from him, all symbolized by the kiss. So the priest does the gesture. All of you in your hearts should do it with your hearts, right? Express that to the Lord as you come into his presence to begin, right? All love begins with the kiss, right? So in that sense, it's a beginning of our act of communion with the Lord. Second gesture I'll explain is before the readings is the sitting down. We sit to receive, right? Anytime we're sitting in the liturgy, it's God's taking over, taking action, especially through his word, and we're receiving, sitting, accompanying, sitting at his feet, listening. It's the sign of, one, peace and comfort to be with the Lord, but it's also a symbol of where our hearts are, attentive, resting, focusing on him. So we'll listen to the word of God. A reading from the second book of Samuel. When King David... The angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town of Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin, betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And coming to her, he said, Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at what was said and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of David his father, and he will rule over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. But Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I have no relations with a man? And the angel said to her in reply, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month for her, who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible for God. Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So this is my one-minute 
homily here. First reading. David tells God, I'll build you a house. I'm settled. Now I'm going to build you your worthy place. And the prophet Nathan, on behalf of God, says, no, 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 no. I'm the one building for you. I've always been building for you, and I'm going to build my house. Right? It's God who takes care of us, not we who take care of God. It's God who builds for us, not we who, let me build for you. Second reading is St. Paul to the Romans. To him who can strengthen you. How does he strengthen us? According to the gospel, proclamation of Jesus Christ, and according to the revelation of his mysteries over time. Like little by little, God reveals himself and makes evident his gospel. And that leads us to the obedience of faith. As he strengthens us through the truth we know, through the gospel, but then through life, his mysteries become revealed. And we go, God, that's it, that's it. And that confirms my faith. And in the gospel, that's what Mary does. In the end, before God, who builds and who provides and protects and does what he does and strengthens our faith through his word and through his revelation over time, we just say, fiat, let it be done. Whatever it is, as impossible as it sounds, I know who you are, I know who I am, go ahead and do it. Amen. So that's the mystery of Christmas, what we'll be doing, and it's the secret to our own happiness, assent to God's plans, and faith in him. Amen. We now go into the preface, which is the prayer that begins the Eucharistic prayer. So the preface is always a theme, liturgical, there's one for the second week or the second half of Advent, which we'll use today, which prepares us liturgically for the season and for the Eucharist within the season. That it's, we're already rejoicing, getting ready for Christmas in anticipation of that mystery that we'll receive in the Nativity, that mystery that Paul refers to in Romans, those mysteries that are revealed. This is one that's being revealed to us. What we celebrate on the 25th is revealed to us through the word of God, as Paul said, but also through time. One of those gestures in time where God is revealed is the Eucharist. His presence comes down, born again on the altar and then in our hearts. So we're praying for that to happen for us as we pray the preface. words that Christ said at the Last Supper to affect that mystery. And then we pray for the church, we pray for the family here present, pray for those who are deceased, and then we say through all of this mystery of Jesus Christ, we praise him, right? And then we prepare ourselves to receive the Lord in communion.